Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It's a college football playoff rankings reaction edition. I'm here with Matt Fortuna. And boy, do we have something to react to because I didn't know how they were going to do this beyond number one. I had no idea what order to put these teams in. If you left, if you listen to the show after the games ended on Saturday, Ari and I both admitted we had no clue. Georgia number one, we knew that. But Alabama number two. Michigan State, number three, Oregon, number four, Ohio State, number five, which means they respected the Oregon-Ohio State head-to-head, Matt. And then at number six, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Matt, Cincinnati doesn't play anybody particularly great the rest of the way. They've got SMU, maybe Houston in the American Championship game. This sure feels like the committee's going to leave Cincinnati out. As this recording started roughly a minute ago, you may have gotten the same email in your inbox as I did from our friend Zach Stipe, the uh, PR guru from Cincinnati. And the headline is, number two, excuse me, second-ranked Bearcats welcome Tul- Tulsa for homecoming at a subhub saying, the Bearcats come in at number six in the first college football playoff ranking. I'll say this, Andy. I was upset when Silvio killed Adriana on The Sopranos. I was upset. Spoiler, Uncle- Matt, I am, I am halfway yeah. <laughs> or like two-thirds away from season five. How dare you? Are you really? You've if you haven't watched, if you have not watched that yet, that's on you. I was upset yeah, when I was, Uncle Hank died. I was died broke when it came out. <laughs> in Breaking Bad. I was even upset when Susan died in Seinfeld. And I was upset tonight when Cincinnati came in at number six. I lump all, lump all those together to say that this is just such great theater. Like, it is a great TV show. It doesn't look good for Cincinnati. I'm not going to argue with that. But, like, we can debate and get angry over all this all we want, and I love it, and I wish college basketball would do it because they could use a little bit of press right now. And it's just such a great TV show. Like, it's – we've been through this exercise eight straight years. It's never made sense. It still doesn't make sense. (laughs) And next week's will make no sense compared to the sense that it didn't make this week. Like, it's just – All of this – all of this is going to change. None of it matters. It's great. I love it. Right. Exactly. I I will remind everyone – that the first time they ever did this, back in 2014, do you remember who was number one? Mississippi State, because they're the only one that didn't make it yeah. at all, I think, that was number one. But the, the last week of that one's one SC- to remember. Yeah, do you, but do you remember the other SEC teams that were in the top four? Uh, I believe the first, it was first Aub- Auburn and Ole Miss. Correct. Or, Alabama did was Mississippi in it, State, right? Auburn. No, it they was it okay. was Mississippi State one. And then Auburn and Ole Miss were, were three and four, and I can't remember how, how they were ordered. But did Mississippi State, Auburn, or Ole Miss make the playoff in 2014? That would be no, no, no. No, they did not. So, yes, this a lot of this could change. There are a lot of games left to be played. Alabama at number two, I'm sure some people got really mad at because Alabama lost to Texas A&M. Texas A&M at the beginning of the season looked not great. Since beating Alabama, they've looked quite good, but you know that that could be a function of you know playing South Carolina. They will play Auburn this weekend. We will have a very good idea of whether they're for real or not when they play Auburn. But this is a case where you can get mad about Alabama being there, but you don't 
really need to. All you have to do is look at the schedule because either Auburn's going to knock Alabama out in the Iron Bowl and Alabama's not going to make it, or Alabama's going to win out, go to Atlanta, play Georgia in the SEC championship game, and they could lose to Georgia and that'll knock them out, or they could beat Georgia and then they're in. And I that those are all plausible things that that's going to take care of itself. So you can be mad about them being two, but whether they were two or number eight, they will be in if they went out and beat Georgia. They will not be in any other way. I'm not so sure they're out if they lose to Georgia. I mean, if there was ever a case for a two-loss playoff team to make it, and it's going to happen eventually, I would think, in the four-team era, uh, an Alabama team with two losses, one of which, let's say, is a close SEC title game to the best team in the country. It'd have to be like nine overtimes. I don't know. I mean, we had this discussion about Georgia a couple of years ago, and 2018 Georgia was nowhere near as good, in my opinion, as 2021 Alabama looks. Uh, th- that's why I think Alabama being at number two is so significant. I'm not terribly surprised at number two. I mean, look, they have a loss and this early in the game. I think you haven't played your way past that loss yet. Like, you haven't won enough good games. Like, Alabama, to their credit, every single Power 5 team they've beaten and faced – is 500 or better. Like they've played a pretty darn good schedule and they've looked darn good in their wins. Um, so I'm not terribly surprised they're at number two if any brand in the history of college football has ever benefited during the playoff um, from its brand, it's Alabama. I mean, they, even in 2015, yeah. after they lost a home to Ole Miss, they debuted at number three or number four in the initial college football playoff ranking. So uh, I think them being at number two is significant because I think there is a path for them to possibly get in as a two-loss team, provided that that loss is to undefeated Georgia in the SEC title game. Uh, but it also, not that we need a confirmation of this, I think Georgia's probably a no matter what, too, um, if they lose, if they're undefeated and lose the SEC title game. Yeah, if, if Georgia wins out and, and enters Atlanta 12-0, and I don't think they have anything, unless they... I mean, unless they got beat like fifty to nothing, I think it would be the only only right. thing that would make anyone even. It would be like the game last year, except much better. You you mentioned the two thousand eighteen Georgia team, and I, I that team is really significant in terms of the history of the college football playoff. I think will wind up being very significant. And and what what people don't remember about that team is that team wound up ranked higher than Big Ten champion Ohio State, and that convinced Jim Delaney, then Big Ten commissioner, that the playoff needed to expand. That is when they started working on the expansion plan Mm -hmm. that they revealed earlier this year and that they have now paused because everyone got mad at Greg Sankey. But all those people who got mad at Greg Sankey and paused don't seem to understand. They're hurting themselves. (laughs) They're hurting themselves by doing that. Like it is the, it is the DJ Khaled meme but you congratulations you played yourself like <laughs> cincinnati would be in they were they would be in like they could even lose a game and be in in that scenario uh o- oregon wouldn't be riding the razor's edge right now oregon if they lose to utah i, I don't think they're gonna lose to washington this weekend but let's say they lose to utah or they lose to oregon state or they lose yeah, the back 12 title game they're done they're out. Those are the two. I mean, if they lose one, they're out. And the, the two you mentioned before the Pac-12 title game, I think they're the two that you got to worry about. I mean, I think there's a better chance than not at this point that the Civil War is going to be for the Pac-12 North title um, with the way those two teams are set up right now. And, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the same thing for Oregon right now as it was um, in 20, uh, was it 2019, where mm-hmm. they had a win out after that opening loss to Auburn to get in. 
And they didn't because they they stumbled their toe at Arizona State. They've already stumbled their toe this year at Stanford, but they have the benefit of that head-to-head win in non-conference over Ohio State, which is why, thankfully, they're ahead of Ohio State right now in these rankings. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we're talking about, will a two-loss team ever get in? It sure as hell won't be from the Pac-12 <laughs> in the four-team era, that's no. for sure. Well, let, let's, let's talk about head-to-head because – that was the big question going in. You know, people were saying, oh, the advanced metrics favor Ohio State. But Oregon went into Columbus and beat Ohio State in a non-fluky way without their best player mm-hmm. playing in it. And actually, they had also just lost Justin Flo. Like, they've been playing the rest of the season without Justin Flo. But Kayvon Thibodeau was out. He's come back since. Justin Flo, another one of their potential first-round draft pick-type players, had gotten lost in the Fresno State game. And, and they would find out he's out for the season. So they get that news that week, and they still go into Columbus and win in a in pretty impressive fashion. And I think that's what's helping. But throughout these rankings, the committee, this committee, this week, and I will emphasize this committee <laughs> and this week because this always can change, but they did seem to honor head-to-head as much as they could if, if the records were, were similar. So that's why they have Mississippi State ahead of Kentucky. Mississippi State just beat Kentucky. Uh, that's why they have Oklahoma State one spot ahead of Baylor. And that's why they have Oregon one spot ahead of Ohio State. You know, it, this is going to be the most fascinating discussion if both teams went out, Ohio State, Oregon, because like, like you said, there was a lot of talk uh, coming in. We've seen the poll voters essentially say Ohio State's better. They're playing better right now. I, I'm of the belief that like head-to-head should be like the tiebreaker, if they're even. I do think... When all is said and done, if we look up a month from now, both teams are 12 and one with conference championships, and Ohio State has a better body of work, depending on how the rest of the Big Ten plays out, than the rest of the Pac-12 plays out. I could then, I would then be okay with the argument that maybe Ohio State should be ahead of Oregon, because I do believe that teams can get significantly better from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. That said, I think it's still way too early in the season to to make that assumption about Ohio State, especially after the way they played last week against a Penn State team that's now lost three games in a row. Um, I think, you know, the committee really backloaded with Big Ten West teams there, which I guess makes Minnesota the best win Ohio State has right now and not Penn State, which is better because it's a ranked team. Um, But the other part of it, too, is I'm going to contradict myself here. As much as I want to credit teams for improving uh, throughout the course of the season, like Ohio State has made changes on defense. it's also their fault for not being ready <laughs> the second week of the season. Exactly. It, 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 it counts. But, that that game counted. By the way, if we're going to talk about injuries, which we have in, in the past, um, Oregon's only loss is without one of the best offense coordinators in the country. You cannot tell me that that did not affect the Stanford game. Right. He went to the hospital that morning. He was rushed to the hospital that morning at the site. They, they were in Palo Alto for the game. A very unusual situation. I'm not excusing so, and, the loss, look, but like you need to take no. it into consideration. And the committee says they do take stuff like that into consideration. It's really so. I, I went back to 2019. So, because 2019 was the last normal year. Right. So, I, I want to, for comparison's sake, I want to look at the first rankings from there. Because, Matt, I, I want to, I want you to look at this year's first ranking. I want you to look at this ranking. I want you to tell me what is the lowest ranked team that could make the playoff right now. Uh, I know where you're going with this. Where's the cut line? The answer, Where's the cut line? So right, the answer right now is Wake Forest, the number nine, and before it was Baylor at like six. I, right? I I I I disagree. The answer is Texas A&M at 14. First of all, Baylor at 12 absolutely still has a chance to make the playoff. All they have to do is win out. 
I mean, they might not make it, but if right. with some stuff that happens around them, they could make it because they would be they would they would beat Oklahoma twice. They would be a, a twelve and one Big Twelve champ. Uh, Oklahoma State, same boat there uh, if they mm-hmm. were to win out. Uh, but Texas A and M, you talked about a two loss team making the playoff, and obviously this would require a but, lot yeah, of strange. I, I, they weren't even on my radar, but, but you're not wrong. Right, Texas A and M has to beat Auburn. Auburn has to beat Alabama. Texas A&M has to win out and then beat Georgia, but they would make it as a two-loss SEC champ. So realistically, it's not it's not that realistic, but there is a plausible path for everyone down to 14 to make it, which I think is pretty good. I think that's that's nice in in you know these seasons before it hasn't felt that way. Cause in week 10 of 2019, that that first ranking. It feels like Oklahoma was was the only maybe Baylor because Baylor was still undefeated mm-hmm. and Baylor was sitting there at number twelve, so probably they had a chance. But Florida at seven and two at number ten, having lost to Georgia, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna make it. Auburn at seven and two wasn't gonna make it. Um, Wisconsin was seven and two. Michigan was seven and two. What, so what was Minnesota this, then? Because they were undefeated deep into that season. They they were eight no they were eight no so they theoretically could have made it at the. But what were they ranked? So. They were ranked 17th. I mean, yeah, there's your answer. They had not played Penn State yet. They hadn't played Penn State. You're you're right. But there's a bunch of teams in between there that couldn't make it. In this year's, year's, every single team down to 14 has a plausible chance. I don't think Notre Dame. Where's Cincinnati's chance at this point? They probably have to lose. Cincinnati needs Oregon to lose. They need Alabama to get knocked out prior to the SEC championship game. Michigan State or Ohio State will lose because they're going to play each other. Michigan's probably going to lose again. They're sitting there one spot below. It would help Cincinnati if somebody beats Oklahoma. The committee clearly doesn't doesn't believe Oklahoma passes the eye test. It would help them if somebody beats Wake Forest. The committee clearly doesn't believe the Wake Forest passes the eye test. Here's the other thing about that. If Notre Dame keeps winning and let's say Wake Forest loses to, to Clemson and NC State, well, they're going to drop below Notre Dame. Let's say Oklahoma loses to Iowa State. They might drop below Notre Dame. Like that also helps Cincinnati. But Gary Barta, the the AD at Iowa, who's the chair of the selection committee, he he seemed pretty clear of it. There was a lot of you ain't played nobody other than Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, if there's one surprise in the top ten outside of Cincinnati, to me it was Michigan being seven. Um, yes, th- yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. Did not see that coming. I mean, they just – I figured the loser of Michigan-Michigan State, as good of a game as it was and as well as both teams have played up to that point, I just figured the, the loser of that game would be out of sight, out of mind. Uh, and maybe that's projecting on my part because they both still have to play Ohio State. They both still have to play uh, Penn State. Um, and it, heck, Michigan State could lose this. I think they're a three-point favorite at Purdue, who we've already seen knock off an undefeated team once this season. Like, they're probably losses coming for both teams. But Michigan being at seven was – was a surprise to me. It, it was. And I, I think, I think the committee respects the big 10 this year. I know the advanced stats have been very respectful of Michigan so far this season. And I think that probably has something to do with it too, because uh, they're looking at things, you know, game control and uh, just all those predictive models. And, and if you look at the predictive models, they really liked Michigan going. That's into surprising. Last week. Just, just, just because they didn't play a good offense other than Nebraska until this past week. 
Exactly. And, and I think I, that I was wondering with Michigan and Michigan State because it did feel like both of, for both of them, where they were was a function of who they had played to that point. But you also have to give them credit for beating all those teams. They still beat them. No, I, you know, they, they still pull those games out. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to knock them. I'm just them at seven with a loss. And I'm not even like necessarily saying, oh, undefeated Wake should be like, I'm prized Oklahoma's out ahead of them being undefeated. And I'm not, I don't think yeah. Oklahoma's been anything otherworldly this year, but an undefeated Big 12 team is behind three Big 10 teams. That's surprising. Yeah. Well, I mean, here, here's the deal. The winner of the SEC West and the winner of the Big Ten East will have earned their way into legitimate consideration for the playoff. I mean, they will have they will have taken the toughest paths for the most part or, or faced the toughest grinds in terms of schedules because those are deep divisions. I mean, Penn State's not even ranked here. Penn State could beat theoretically beat Michigan. Could, you know, they played Ohio State really I, I, I tough. I think they will beat Michigan. Beat I mean, Michigan that's a tough State. place to play regardless of how bad Penn State is. Absolutely. That's right. It's an odd year. So they're, they're going to, to happy Valley. So I, I think both of those divisions are so stacked. I mean, you look at Mississippi state sitting there at number 17, Texas A&M at number 14, Auburn at number 13. That's why Alabama sitting at number two, even though, you know, they, they've only played two of those teams. They, and they're, they're one and one against them, but they're going to get a boost from the depth of, of who they play. And, and it's the same in the big 10 East. Maybe the best part of the show was as they reveal number two and Reese Davis laughs while saying Alabama and out of his Greg or Joey, but they say, we've never heard you laugh before while doing this. I mean, and that Reese Davis, by the way, he doesn't really wear this on his sleeve, but he's Alabama guy through and through. So for him to, to laugh while announcing the, I, but I don't think that was a satisfied laugh. I, I think that was, no, that's what I'm saying. It was like, yeah, no, exactly. It, it was, it was Reese understanding, oh, this is going to tick a lot of people no, off. Yeah, no, that, that's what I meant. I didn't mean to imply bias. It was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. I can't wait to see the reactions of this and to see what the rest of the rankings will be like. That was uh, – and then Joey Galloway, who um, you know has some interesting takes from time to time, in my opinion. Him coming right out and saying disrespectful of Cincinnati, that was pretty strong coming from him. Coming from yeah. the Ohio State grad, whose alma mater is ahead of Cincinnati right now. Well, and, and so Power Hour, Nicole Auerbach, who, who hosts the, the show on Tuesday on this podcast feed, I mean, she's, she's ready to fight. She's ready to fight for the Bearcats right now. And she's, she's written several things, kind of laying out their case. And my thing is, if you are Mike Oresco, here's what you need to do after tonight. You need to go to the other commissioners and say, whatever's holding this expansion up, stop it. Get out of your feelings, Big Ten and ACC and Pac-12, and let's get this thing done and get this new playoff started ASAP because we ain't ever getting in if you don't expand. agree with you on principle. I don't think this situation calls for that. I think Mike Oresco, with the way Cincinnati is leaving his pro, I, obviously it will be benefit beneficial to the American Athletic Conference to have a playoff team. But, yeah, our, Chris Vene- our colleague Chris Vanini wrote a story a couple weeks ago um, – and he detailed, like, Cincinnati was waving Big 12 flags the week they got in. The American Conference was pissed about that. Oresco did not Matt, travel to Notre Matt, Dame. If, if, he did not if, travel if to Notre Dame is, to watch Cincinnati win that game. That is telling to me. You're, you're, you're being very short-sighted here. If the playoff doesn't go to 12, the new American has no chance to oh, I, ever make it. I agree with that. Ever. 
I, I, I a thousand percent agree with that. I just think that's independent. I, we both know Mike Resco pretty well. The guy does not hide his feelings. I don't think he's shedding a tear for Cincinnati right now, even if that's not in his I'm best sure interest. He, I'm sure he's not, that. but he needs to think about his own league. Oh, yeah, and his own absolutely. league, they need to do that. And and look, George Klyavkov, same thing. You came in and said expanding the playoff is your top priority. Well, make it your top priority because you are in you're in good shape. You've got a team right there. But Oregon's schedule from this point forward is not very good. It's the Pac-12 South is is kind of a mess. So whatever team comes out of there is not going to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So Oregon obviously cannot lose, but Oregon's in a situation where look at think about this, Matt. Ohio State still has to play Michigan State and Michigan. You you yourself said you believe the teams can get better as season. Yeah. Okay. And this committee, at least as far as far as we've seen over the years, is all about who you beat. Now Ohio State as a who you beat is a great one. And you you guys know how I feel about this. I feel like if their records are the same, they played a game, Oregon won, Oregon should be ranked ahead of them. I'm not sure everybody feels that way. Right. If they beat Michigan and Michigan State, which they very well could. So that's your number three team and your number seven team. They may not be at that at those points when they play. But chances are they are in the top 10 when they play. Well, and not only that, you're in danger of not making it if you're the Pac-12. The top, the top three teams of the Big Ten West were all ranked, and Ohio State, assuming they go 11 and one the regular season and win the East and undefeated in Big Ten play, would then have to play one of those teams. One of those, at that point, probably highly ranked teams, or at least higher ranked, because um, yeah. whoever survives that 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 three team gauntlet um, is going to be in a pretty good position. Um, that's one more win for Ohio State. And if it's over Minnesota, it's their second win over what will at that point be a top 20, if not top 15 Minnesota team, who, by the way, talk about team first place all over the Big Ten West. The only two losses are to, at the very least, the best and worst team in the state of Ohio, if not one of the best and one of the worst teams in the entire country <laughs> in Ohio State and Bowling Green, both at home and they're down, to their, four, what, they're what, down what, to their fourth and fifth string. What a spread. Now, what a spread that is. <laughs> that, that is unbelievable. One more note on Cincinnati, by the way. I will say this. I, I didn't tweet it because I, I don't like to, like, as much as I like to have fun with the conspiracy theories out there, I don't like to, like, completely throw gasoline on the fire. I'm shocked Cincinnati wasn't in the top four because College Game Day is going there this weekend, and I think that crew is going to get booed like a game day crew oh, has never gotten booed before. I hope they have screens up. They're going to get pelted with stuff if they don't. Wait, and, and, it's like, it's like, going to be like ESPN, Tennessee. There's going to be mustard bottles and golf balls. ESPN does not rank the teams. They just broadcast it. But yeah. there, I mean, there are more than enough people, as we all know. I used to work there. It's all tied together as far as fans are concerned. They don't know the difference. They don't care about the difference. There are big brands who get the benefit of the doubt, and there are little brands who don't get the benefit of the doubt. And Cincinnati, even though they're getting game day for a game against freaking Tulsa this week, which I'm glad they're going there because they've never been there before, and Cincinnati's a great team. Uh, like, that's a team that, like, Got the raw end of the of the draw in the first week of the playoff, and the same ESPN crew for the most part that just presented that to the national audience will be broadcasting on their campus for three hours Saturday morning and talking about the playoff for a good part of it as well. And and Luke Fickle has not been shy, has not held his tongue when he's felt like there's been an issue. I mean, he he took on Jim Harbaugh in years past mm-hmm. over over transfer type stuff. Uh, I don't think he'll be shy about 
this situation either. Um, look, there's nothing he can do except state his team's case, and they can try to keep playing well. It, it doesn't help their cause that they struggle to beat Navy. Uh, they struggled in that first half against Tulane. Now they pulled away in the second half, but they've got to be able to just blow teams out from here on out because they're going to play SMU. I would assume Houston in the in the title game, probably. Probably. That's, that's what they're looking at right now. So that's your best two opponents going forward. I, I just don't know if, if that's going to impress the committee enough to do anything. Now, they, they are tied at the hip to Notre Dame, which is a, a program that you and Pete Sampson talk about on the Shamrock podcast every week. Uh, Notre Dame – could legitimately finish the season eleven and one. I, I they mean, should they should finish eleven and one game. at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're favored every game. They should be eleven and one. I mean, we'll see. Brennan Armstrong's health for the Virginia game in two weeks is going to be very interesting against that Irish secondary, which may or may not have Kyle Hamilton back for that game. But like their team, their team that's playing their best football right now over the last two and a half weeks or so from the fourth quarter of Virginia Tech on. Uh, they were a very flawed five, four and one team after that Cincinnati game. But it's crazy to think we're talking about Cincinnati like this and saying how they got to dominate and they, how they got to do this. They went to Notre Dame Stadium and became the first team to win at Notre Dame Stadium since Georgia in 2017. And they won right. there. Clemson by didn't do it last year. Clemson didn't do it last year. USC has got to run off the field there multiple times. I, a lot of dreams go to die at Notre Dame Stadium the last four and a half years under Brian Kelly. Cincinnati went in there. They won by 11 points. Notre Dame played three different quarterbacks and had a quarterback crisis on its hands before the end of the Virginia Tech game. Kind of sorted that one out naturally. And I hate that we're even talking about it like this, but we have to because they're number six. Cincinnati had three trips inside the 25 that game where they came up with zero points each time. And they still won by double digits. Like, is that what it's, is that what it's come to? Like, Oh, um, yeah, winning by double digits against a Notre Dame team that might finish like fifth or sixth when all is said and done isn't good enough anymore. Like, you should have beat them by 20. And you know what? If you watch that game, you probably think Cincinnati should have won that game by 20. But still, when, like, that's your Super Bowl, like, the big, literally, Bill, going in the biggest game in program history, sorry for only winning by 11, you know? And I don't know. I mean, if you're Cincinnati, it's not the end of the road because you're getting to the Big 12 in a couple of years, and you do this in the Big 12, you're in. Uh, but I don't know in the short term how you overcome this. And I don't know like what not to make the sky falling for Cincinnati fans who are listening to this. I love your program. I love your coach. Like, is this the breaking yeah. point for a Luke fickle to like Porter? You're wearing a Loyola shirt right now. Porter Bowser did not want to leave right. Loyola, but he realized the fact that my, I've been to two tournaments in 10 years here and my entire, everything I work for comes down to a three game tournament called Arch Madness and nothing else matters, and I could go to Oklahoma and finish in seventh place every year and make the tournament and get paid a lot more. Like, this is a no-brainer at this point. I've done all I can do. Now, again, Cincinnati is going to the Big 12. This will change for them in the long term. Mm-hmm. In the short term, I don't have much hair left, but I'd be pulling the remainder, remaining hairs I have left out of my head if I were a Cincinnati fan right now. Well, and, and that, this is the frustrating part for them. The frustrating part for them is it is out. it, it is completely out of their control now. There is nothing they can do from this point forward because there's no game that they can win that will vault them where they need to be vaulted. They have to hope chaos happens above them. That's a terrible place to be now. Well, and this is why they're expanding the playoff, by the way, because <laughs> if you're a Cincinnati fan, 
Why should you care the rest of the way? Why should you care? Your team needs a miracle. Because 13 people in a room decided you hadn't played anybody. Don't you want those people to care the rest of the way? We're almost burying the lead here. Like we're, we're talking about it in or out, in or out. This is like Ohio State and Jim Delaney in 2018. They're not even just out. They're number six. They're behind yeah. a flawed team in their own state. Now, it's Ohio State. They'll probably fix those flaws by the end of the year. But right now, they're behind a flawed team in their own state. So I don't – and that's when we were doing the 2019 comparisons. That's what I was getting at as far as like, oh, how low do you have to go to play your way in? Minnesota and Baylor theoretically could have played their way in in 2019 no matter how right. low they ranked. Cincinnati cannot do that. Um, the other team we're not really talking about that I'm going to see this week live, uh, Wake Forest. Like, to me, if yep. you're an undefeated Power 5 team, you're getting in. Um, them being number nine, actually, uh, it's higher than I thought they would be, to be honest. Um, the schedule, the toughest part of their schedule, and I know it's the ACC, even though this is a non-conference game at North Carolina this weekend, um, this is the toughest part of their schedule. I do think Wake Forest is in good shape if they went out. Yeah, I, I just think they don't really respect the ACC very much. The, no, nor should they. they. I mean. Clear. So, and, and I, it was weird hearing them talk about it on the broadcast because they said, oh, there's not a game that Wake Forest can win that can help them. I'm like, they still have to play Clemson. But when you think about it, they're going to be Clemson oh, unless they that, beat themselves. That game really isn't, doesn't help them if they win it. They're an underdog this week at Carolina. I mean, they could lose that, that one. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost. Now I think they'll win. But NC State, in-state game, that's, mm-hmm. that's tough. And then uh, they close at Boston College, who, you know, has really struggled since Phil Dracovic went down. Um, and that's a game, obviously, Wake will be favored in and should win. But, again – they need overtime to win at Syracuse, which is always a tough place to play, regardless of how good or bad the Orange are. But, you know, Dave Claus will be the first to tell you, like, we could lose every game left on our schedule. We could win every game left on our schedule, too. And if they go undefeated, I, I, I would think enough will happen above them that, that they do get in. But if Oklahoma also goes undefeated, maybe not. I mean, because you know the SEC champs getting in one way or the other there's a good chance a second SEC team gets in, but if they don't, then you're going to have the big 10 champs going to be in. And then we'll see after that. So, I mean, two loss or, Alabama or, versus or undefeated Wake Forest. How'd the SEC championship game go? Exactly. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, what was the score? Yep. It, it, it's and but this is where, again, I think I feel for the Cincinnati fans. And I have a hard time getting mad about, how these rankings are ordered because Bill Saturday night I was sitting there trying to do it and I had no clue right. what order to put them in. But this has got to frustrate the Cincinnati folks. I don't I, I feel for you. I don't blame you. And I, I'd be very frustrated with this. And and I think you know the the folks Bob Bullsby, who's gonna have them in their in his league, needs to look at his undefeated team sitting there at number eight and go, huh doesn't look like they respect my league very much either. <laughs> Perhaps maybe we don't need to be slowing this playoff expansion down. You know who doesn't need the playoff to expand, Matt? The SEC. Yeah, Greg Sankey. So perhaps he wasn't doing it to destroy all of you. Perhaps he thought that also would be in the best interest of, of everybody. So I don't know. I, I just think the closer we get to it, and the closer, it, it, you know, remember the first year, 
the looks on all these guys' faces when it dawned on them that they they were five power five leagues and they created a four team system. And it's like, oh crap, one of us is actually going to get left out. Like, you're going to see this again where they go, wait a second, we had one line, we had something lined up that would have gotten us in, and now we've delayed it three more years because we got mad at somebody. What are we doing? How much more refreshing is the argument of you know a few years down the road? Is eight and four Texas the twelfth best team in the country because they played an SEC schedule? Like that's just such a <laughs> a, a more like palatable debate to have r- rather than like should we blow the whole thing up because a really good Cincinnati team has no chance whatsoever? Oh, by the way, it's a by the way, do you think no, no, win eight games in the no, SEC, Matt? No pole dancing for Texas today. Had to get that in there. How dare you? <laughs> How, that's a that's a good way to get assassinated on this podcast. <laughs> <sighs> but hopefully by a human, All not right. a monkey. Go pet your emotional support monkeys. We're going to argue about this a lot. We're going to argue about this every Tuesday night until we get to the last week of the season. This has been fun, Matt. I don't know that we learned anything, but we sure had a lot to talk about. We'll talk to you again soon.